Hello, welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and I can't believe it's happening. This is episode one. Welcome along. Uh, thank you to everybody who's already been so enthusiastic about the show online when we announced we. It's just me. I don't know who the we is. Uh, when I announced the first episode, um, really only a few days after this is going out. Thank you for all the love and support. And it it's lovely to have this sense that some people actually care because, listen, there's a lot of podcasts and people don't have all the time in the world. So I'm very flattered. Hopefully you will uh, love this first episode. For those of you just joining, maybe who don't know me, um, I'm a DJ and writer based in Dublin and Ireland. I've DJed in the George for years, so maybe you know me from screaming at me to play Rihanna songs on a Saturday night. Uh, of course, I was half of the uh, pop culture podcast Pop Sess with my pal Holly Shortall. I do lots of radio bits for uh, RTE 2FM, which of course is a big radio station here in Ireland as well. Or maybe you're listening going, why is this man going through his CV? Get to the good stuff and talk about Real Housewives. And you know what? You wouldn't be wrong. I'm, gonna co- I'm not going to talk too much, hopefully. Just want to introduce myself. And of course, the concept for the show as well. The concept for Housewives and Me, <laughs> I sound like if you've ever seen that clip of Britney Spears going, my concept for the video circus is, um, you know, a circus. But the idea was I wanted to chat to people who watch maybe all the shows or one of them or have like, you know, a love-hate relationship with the shows or they dip in and out, who knows. Um, I just want to talk to people about why they watch the shows, why they love them. The, the specifics of what they get from the shows. Maybe there's a character they particularly love. Maybe there's a storyline they resonate with. Maybe it's pure escapism. It's kind of mirroring a lot of the conversations I've had with people over the years, both online and in real life, about the shows and why they uh, connect to people. It's such a fun way to bond with someone and see their perspective on the world through how they view Housewives, because I've noticed, you know, if someone says, well, actually, I felt this way about it, it makes me go, oh, so you're that kind of a person. Not in a bad way, but just it gives you a sense of who they are. So there's so many amazing recap shows, and I wanted to do something a bit different and also that recap format I don't think works as well if you're not in the US because you're trying to kind of contend with the fact that you don't get to see the episodes till the next day and this just seemed like a way to have fun conversations with so many people about why they love these shows. Um, You may have guessed from the sound and uh, you know just in general the last year I suppose of podcasting in general for people I'm doing this all by myself at home using okay equipment but it isn't like I'm not in a full proper studio working with a company or anything so if the sound is less than amazing sometimes I apologize I'm doing doing my very best to uh make this sound and feel super slick the interviews are happening largely over apps like zoom and Zencaster, so it's not quite that in-studio sound when I'm doing the interview so just to give you that heads up because I feel like I'm happy enough with how things sound but I'm aware that you know some shows might sound slicker than others but also in the year that this has been, and I won't mention the dreaded C word, I think everybody's had to adapt how they make and produce audio. So I've just been trying my best because I figured, and maybe this can be a lesson to somebody else, if you want to do something, you kind of need to do it. I put off doing podcast stuff for ages because I was like, oh, I'm not in a studio and it's not going to sound good. And it's like, you can make it sound decent at home. And sometimes if you love your idea and you want to have the chats, you should just go ahead and do it. So with that in mind, it is time for me to stop talking and for us to get to our amazing interview. It's time for our first ever interview on the first ever episode of Housewives and Me. Let's chat to Laura DeBarra. Okay, so we have our very first guest on the podcast. I'm very excited because we have been gossiping about Housewives in the DMs for months. So this is kind of a selfish endeavor, if I'm honest, as much as it is a podcast one. She is the best-selling author of Gaff Goddess. She is an Instagram sensation. And most importantly for me today, she's a Real Housewives 
I don't even want to say aficionado because that kind of doesn't do justice to her level of standom. It is the one, the only Irish queen, Laura DeBarra. Welcome along. Thank you for having me. I am honoured to be here. <laughs> You're the only person that knows more than housewives than me in my world. So this is amazing. I, I, how did you get into housewives? Because I want to ask who in your circle, your mates, do, do you chat about it with? No one. So I recently <laughs> had to force my best friend he was living in LA last year and I had to say to him like you know we need to we are closer than he's like the second closest man to me than Shane I would say and I had to be Shane's like you're your, to your fella your mom yeah <laughs> and he he was like okay I'll start watching it but I don't know if I'll get into it and then I went to visit him and I was like we were really hungover. I was like we're binging a bit of, and he just got hooked then so now I have someone but he's halfway through like New York halfway through. So I'm kind of having right. to wait because mm-hmm. he'll say something like, oh my God, Luann's husband. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, you're like, which one? <laughs> which fella yeah, we talk in here? <laughs> He's so self-righteous and I'm like, he hasn't seen I get arrested yet. <laughs> so, it, I've been patient, but other than that, I've always been, wa- I've always watched Housewives and enjoyed Housewives like completely alone. So I yes. don't know where... Like now it's great to have people to talk to, but at the time it was probably just escapism for me. Like mm-hmm. I got, I was living in, when I was in New York and when I was in Scotland, I was kind of pretty much by myself a lot at the start and just being able to watch something entertaining that distracted me was amazing. So I think mm-hmm. that's how I got into it really. And I, when I studied fashion as well, you spend a lot of time alone sewing and drawing and it was just always on in the background. So when did you jump in? Was it around then? Oh, like back then I was like wow mega video like hiding this like you know mega video and you get that you have watched x amount of minutes today upgrade and I was like I'm not upgrading I'm already doing it what is technically piracy here I'll wait exactly. <laughs> I'll go on to something else or <laughs> things used to come up on a Thursday morning and I used to have drawing class at uni and that was would have been like 2009 um, on a Friday and we had an hour of drawing class where we'd be allowed to just go to another part of the uni and just draw on our own so I'd be waiting for the links to come up and there'd be comments saying like link broken don't bother girls wait for the next one and like this was before Instagram like Instagram didn't exist back then so I'm like going on and these women in America who like I have no idea who they are are saying don't bother with that link the sound is muffled and I kind of scan through because they'd have been on it since the night before and then I'd find my link and I'd sit and I'd finish my drawing just watching, I don't know, like Teresa, like flip a table or whatever. It was just brilliant. That's Matt. So you were, I mean, you are definitely an early adopter because I mean, part of the reason I, I've wanted to do a Housewives podcast for ages and I was like, oh, like there's no audience for it. Like, because I'm based in Ireland, like I'm not gonna be able to compete with the American ones. And I went, well now because of Netflix, there's been this rush of people since the summer who are getting on board and it's really funny you mentioned like oh the one what's happening but even sort of like Beverly Hills and people going what's the story with Taylor and Russell I'm like please don't google it I wouldn't google it because it's very sad what happened like it's not even funny but it's just the idea that like these shows have weirdly hung around is kind of hilarious but you know that they're so much easier to binge yeah and I think um even though they are the most unrelatable people to me in the world they're still a relatability as well um yes and it I guess because it's you know if I feel like if I if Shane was a multi-million dollar oil tycoon you know what I mean <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> you know, I'm the community fighting with my friends as well you know like <laughs> here tonight you'll be like Shane 
what are your thoughts on the oil business? A bit problematic, but just wondering. <laughs> I'd be like, why? Well, why are you asking? Me to go for it. I'll support you. 100%. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so you got into it in like 2009. Kind of. It's interesting you mentioned you watched alone because I was kind of like that too. Because just it wasn't like say Big Brother or even like The Hills, which you you could mention to your mates and they'd have seen it. So. I'm curious what drew you in, because you mentioned there that the shows are kind of relatable. The thing that drew me in, so like 2006, so this, I always like, you know, the way when you've got big life events like uni, I knew it was 2007, 2011. Yes. So 2006, I'm, where even was I, in Cork or whatever, and I think I had started watching uh, Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, reality, reality TV, American reality TV is just the life for me. Like it is, <laughs> I love this. I love the outfits, like the interiors. Everything is so different to Ireland. Like I'm sitting in my mum's like oak kitchen with the terracotta tiles. You know what I mean? The walls are yellow. And then I I'm can watching. see it all. No? <laughs> I can see the kitchen. <laughs> you could I've, I've been in that kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, you're, you're watching. It's going into another world. And I think for me as well, like I always loved... This is like a bit like deep, but like I, my parents divorced and I didn't know anyone else that was divorced. So I'm watching reality TV when other people have divorced parents. Uh And I didn't have a lot of that kind of growing up. And also you get to kind of escape into it and see a humor almost in it. So like, I guess that was kind of like, I felt like I was watching something that was, and I think like Home and Away and stuff like that was banned in our house when we were young because somebody said the word condom. So like I always had this like, ooh, I can't wait to watch them juicy when I'm allowed to watch whatever I want. So I think there was all of that. I think like that's why I kind of got into it. And then I stuck with it because they do a really, now don't get me wrong, if a franchise is crap, I don't keep watching it. Like Interesting. Okay. I was going to ask know, you about that actually. Like we can go into that in a while, but I just, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't die hard with people unless they're right and I think I stayed with it because like as I've grown it's grown as well in a way like I think like I'm now more interested in other bits and they've brought in cast members that I think reflect how people will grow as well that I think they change up the cast and they change up the storyline so that as people have other shit going on in their lives they the distractions are different you know like so mm-hmm. as I kind of like moved to Edinburgh and was studying fashion let's say I started getting more interested in I was working in Harvey Nichols at the time, like what rich women were wearing and all that kind of stuff. So you can see that a lot of the cast, as they change, it kind of suits you because your kind of like needs and wants and reality TV are changing too. Yeah, no, it's funny because it's interesting you bring up sort of the change because that's one thing. And I, I feel like you've probably had this conversation as well with friends is like, you know, they added Beverly Hills, Atlanta and New York to Netflix, the first two seasons of each of those. And they're like, my all time favorite is New York, closely followed by Atlanta because they're both amazing. Beverly Hills but is always one I recommend to newbies though, because by the time it had debuted around 2010, they had been doing the format for four or five years. And they knew that, okay, it's interviews to camera. It's a reunion at the end of the season. Like we shoot, this is the kind of interstitials we use. Whereas the first few seasons of New York and Atlanta, like there's great characters and storytelling, but they just because of how we look at television now, widescreen hd we watched it on our phone like those old seasons just look a bit like they were filmed on like vhs cameras you know which is no shade because they're actually good but i've had to say to friends i ideally would love for you to watch new york from the very beginning but i feel like soften your palate with beverly hills and then embrace the screwball comedy of horny women in new york that is real houses in new york like that's where the real juice is 
so true because my friend Joe was saying I really want to get into Orange County because like I was saying to him like you should really start like Beverly Hills, Hills will give you a soft landing mm-hmm. so get in there get used to the dynamic of it but Orange County is this hidden gem that people don't realize how good it is because it's so bad like the quality is so bad it's an outstanding season from the point of view of like no one realizes they have to brand themselves so they expose themselves in ways they probably yes. shouldn't have it's brought. funny yeah it's funny you say that i i have a, this may probably lose me listeners on my main voyage into solo podcasting but i actually oc is the one uh the only house i show i'm really really behind on i haven't seen the first 10 years ironically particularly now because she's so awful and such a COVID denier and truly trash and will probably get fired. But I joined when Kelly Dodd joined because that was the season they were going to Ireland. And at that point I had got Hey You. I was, by the way, the first ever subscriber to Hey You. That's actual facts. You can ask Hey You. That's T. Uh-huh. They, literally, I have met the team at Hey You a few times and they were like, are you? And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> Incredible. The day, hey, because here's the, like slight sidebar. About a month before Hey You launched, I was doing entertainment news for a, a shift in 2FM, which is my other job, covering entertainment news. And I saw this thing. I was like, they're launching a reality show streaming service with NBC Universal next month. And I was like, I'm like you with the old days. Find it, I'm finding dodgy links. My laptop's in bits, probably riddles, more yeah. riddled than I'll ever be. Oh my God, preach. I literally was like, this is, <laughs> is doing more rounds than I used to do. My God. <laughs> literally. So about a month, I remember I went on the website and they're like, sign up for info. I was like, well, let me just give them my email. Months later, I get email going, hey, who has launched? I pop on and I don't know if you can now, but at that point, you could look at their entire library before you signed up. I went, bitch, they got Hey Paula. They got every season. I'm signing up. So I, I signed up, What went away about a year or two later, doing bits of Hey You. They were like, yeah, you were our first ever subscriber. The day we launched, we sat there and we saw your name come up and went, we're in business. This? Isn't is, that crazy? I literally have chills. Like for me, <laughs> that for me is like somebody saying to like, I don't know, a casual swimmer, like, I was in the Olympics and I have a gold medal for swimming. So that's a long-winded way of saying I jumped onto OC with Kelly season because I remember thinking, okay, I wanted to watch OC. I'll watch it with you because I like some of the podcasts and I'll follow. I always say that to people, like you can kind of jump in on Housewives because like it's not subtle storytelling. Like previously on, oh, flashback to two years ago when I called you fat or whatever like horrible thing they... They'll always flashback just in case you forget the current season of OC that we're like, as we're chatting has yet to debut. I don't quite know when I'm going to drop these episodes. So maybe it will be out by the time this airs. I am so queasy about OC going forward because it's always been a little, just a a sprinkle of Trumpiness in that show. And I feel like this season, it's going to be Bronwyn against the like oncoming red wave of all things Trumpy, just in terms of like, well, maybe not so much Shannon, but just in terms of like the COVID denial stuff and the, are you wearing a mask and all that shit? Like, and then obviously I know Bronwyn has been very vocal about Black Lives Matter. So I'm kind of like, OC will either be a riveting document of class and privilege in America, or it will be a train wreck of horrible people bar like two. Which I think is so true because yes, they're in a gated community, but by being in a gated community, it means that the world is only in within those gates. So when that's what you have, when people think, oh, how did Trump get into power? It's like, it's those kind of communities, the ones that don't venture outside of each other that aren't exposed to the reasons the man should just be burned to the stake. Um, I do. I mean, the Arden trip on OC was 
amazing only because I live like 10 minutes from all the parts of Dublin city center that they were in. And even the fact that they were in Brown Thomas and never named it. So the sh- on the show, they just kept saying the department store. Like when Heather went, I was asked to leave a department store. I thought I'd die. Was that Brown Thomas? I don't even think they allowed the cameras in, which is why it was all on just hot mics that you heard. But you know the way, like Heather said she was in, I was like, she was in the BT's bathroom, which are like plush. They're like, they look like a millionaire's bathroom. She's in there washing her hands and got kicked out. I was like, that's kind of iconic, actually. It's funny when people talk about housewives and they think, oh, it's just a load of women throwing drinks at each other. I'm like, that happens once every six episodes. It's all the little like, slow burn details of like they sat down for dinner and they ordered this and they were having a chat about blah and like you know they're it's all the little elements on the slow burn it is it's a soap opera and soaps never shoot their load on the first episode they that's a very vulgar euphemism no, but it's sorry true. They, no, but they, don't. <laughs> they give us a nice bit of foreplay first you know what i mean so like i think what they do as well is you i always think that sometimes on housewives they yes they might curate a big bang right and a fight but before that fight happens just like every other manufactured fight in the conor mcgregor fights and all these tea that's tea they build up enough of like a history for the two fighters to make you choose a side like this morning when i was watching candice and uh, monique have that scrap on potomac i was like "Ooh, which side do i take yes feed you emotional content about each fighter and then you have to choose your fighter then you know what I mean when it does happen and that's what's amazing because back in the day I had no one to speak to about it there was no real blog Perez Hilton was kind of focusing more on like the Paris Hilton kind yes. of set and not on housewives and I was just reading forums and trying to hear other people like break down what they thought and that's what it does it creates a conversation otherwise you see someone basically like scream at somebody and you say that person's wrong outright but when you've watched and, and they're like struggles with their husband and the fact that yes. they're on a crash and they lost everything and you wonder is it triggered by that so that's how they do it really really well it's not just about the Teresa flipping that table you know what I mean it's about so much else before that right what got her to that point particularly when I mean particularly that episode of Jersey which is the season one finale if ever, I'm sure people have seen it but I know there's some housewives newbies who are, haven't seen everything and that episode is so iconic because yes the table flip became a meme and it's constantly quoted but it's the way like the book that they've talked about all season gets thrown on the table with the act break and then someone else is annoyed. And I mean, Jersey, it's funny you mentioned Jersey because that's another one where I watched the first two seasons, fell off, came back. The first season I joined back was the season Teresa came back from prison, which wasn't a great season overall, but obviously that stuff was bonkers because it was just like, there was so much they weren't saying in terms of how she felt. Like she couldn't even say the word prison for months. I was like, this is bizarre. So Jersey and OC are sort of my blind spots a little bit. Jersey, if I'm honest, like it's all great until um, Melissa comes in and the whole thing is just, so what happened at the start was you had Caroline Manzo and there was like this sister, this family feud. We're a family. We're a family. Literally they, I think what they did was they saw that people were really like, because everyone sees family feuds and everyone was really in it. And I think they just tore the arse out of it by pitting Teresa and Melissa against each other. For I'm not joking, the fight goes on. And then Jacqueline, her friend, it, it just, it actually, I just stopped watching it. It was one of the only kind of franchises oh. that I was really into. And then was like, I actually can't be bothered. And other franchises came along then as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So before I couldn't pick and choose. This was my only source of 
like reality TV, drama, housewives. So I was watching them all to death. And then when more come up, you can kind of like pick it. Yes. I do think the first two seasons of Jersey are like such a, they're kind of a time capsule, but they're, you could almost like, now you've got all these prestige limited series. I'm like that in the reality world, those first two seasons are like a prestige limited series because they kind of wrap up Danielle and you get all that stuff. You're just like, that like, and even when they've tried to bring back Danielle, it's never worked as well. Cause I'm kind of like, it was kind of lightning in a bottle of, she was a villain and she was awful, but you were able to watch her. Whereas now she's just, she's just she's too much. Man. She is. And I think what she, she's, she's trying to brand herself now as um, Danielle's kitchen and cooking and all that kind of stuff. And a podcast as well. Christ. I mean, and she's like, I'm super zen, <laughs> but I don't want that now. I wanted her. I loved it when she was like, I am love and I am light. And then she'd go and like hang out with all these <laughs> mafiosa people. It was just on, still in like his prison t shirt, sitting on the couch, which <laughs> she'd be like, the disrespected you. And like, oh. <laughs> Whoa, like, won't the mob be unhappy that you're exposing all of this? You know what I mean? <laughs> just in general, what are the cities that you are like into and like are your faves? Because like, you mentioned you stopped at Jersey for a while. Do you kind of watch all of them now or do you pick and choose? I watch absolutely everything anyway. Like mm-hmm. when I get up in the morning, sometimes I have to get up and do like a slow hour. This has always been the case of my twenties. I always had two jobs. So I'd have like this, like I'd get up at six and I'd have an hour of trying to like organize my day and organize myself. And that would be when I would watch kind of one thing. And if it was super juicy, I'd rewatch it in the evening and stuff. <laughs> so like it was kind of set up. So I would watch an episode almost every single morning, regardless. It's been part of my routine now for like 14 years. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> And then I would be like, I used to work during uni, I used to work two jobs at night to kind of get myself through uni. So you'd come in after like a waiting shift and you'd still be kind of like buzzed, but you'd have to go to bed or I'd have to, in my last year, I used to have to go back after. I'd lock up the pub and I'd go back to uni until 4 a.m. So I'd watch then as well. So like, I think what I, and sometimes it was just repeats because my ride or die is like Beverly Hills, New York. New York, I think is my favorite. Yeah. I think like absolute New York favorite. Then um, Beverly Hills, I do enjoy Orange County. Not as much recently, but I do really enjoy it. The, I know the American ones are like the actual franchise and then everything else is bought off Bravo. Like, yeah, licensed, yeah. But I think like if I was somebody who needed a hit, you know, maybe I had like 24 hour bug and I was in, you know, bed for the weekend. <laughs> what a setup, be- wow. <laughs> you were kind of ill. <laughs> I'm ill, you know, Shaving off a few pounds, lying in bed for the weekend. <laughs> I would watch um, The Real Housewives of DC. There's only one season. Yes. It got banned because it nearly took down the entire world. <laughs> yes. I actually have watched the first three episodes because my friends who do Come Through Queen, a really fun Housewives podcast, started recapping it. So I've kind of, I want to go back because I only started th- watching it recently. And mm-hmm. it is such a time capsule of politics then because it's before like, Republicans and Democrats became so at loggerheads because obviously the Trump administration and all that has really made politics even crazier over there. Mm-hmm. But also, if people don't know, the famously, isn't it Michaela Salahi? I can never get her name right. Is it Michaela? Yeah, Michaela Salahi. Mikhail. Her and her husband famously crashed a White House dinner during the Obama era and it became a national scandal. And the fact that there was also a reality show and the FBI had to come in and view the tapes, I think that's why... Because DC, from what I've seen of it, is good and probably would still be on. Particularly today, yeah. DC would be fucking lit. Like, that would be the yeah. housewife show. But yeah. It would have more diversity, you know? Yeah. Like, 
it was one of usually what I don't what I'm glad what I what I don't normally like and what I'm glad to see changing in housewives is diversity within cast and because I think like for example what they used to do was they would have like Atlanta would be like the only one with all black women yeah and there was no black women somewhere else to not have uh, any women of color at all in New York is outrageous like when you're there when you're in New York it's New York so whereas DC had such diversity and had kind of like husbands introduced a little bit more. It spoke yeah. about politics, it spoke about <clears throat> money. It's um you could see that there was the kind of like fakeness of Michaela, whatever her name was, and that's how literally like she was just so bad. I'm like, whatever her name. I think you could see that the mask kind of like slip on them. That's also important, I think, in some of these shows. So it's a pity it went, but they were literally just risking the security of the White House in an episode. So I <laughs> So you reckon DC for a one day binge? I mean, I've said it to people. For me, actually, if I was to conc- include all the ones I watched, I haven't seen Cheshire. It's the only one I've never watched anything else. Don't even bother. Oh, really? Oh. I wouldn't touch Cheshire. <laughs> but Cheshire is, aw- is just awful. It loses the charm of the actual Real Housewives proper essence in my opinion mm-hmm. you know it just loses so much charm they turned up the fighting and they turned down that kind of like drip feeding us the lives of the yes wives. the slow burn and that's why i think a lot of people in uk and ireland have mainly been exposed to that franchise and that's why they say it's all fighting because on cheshire it is all fighting it's a bit cheap if i'm honest it comes across <laughs> reading today <laughs> If you want to read, I'm going to read, right? The interior is cheap and common. Clothing looks cheap and common. When Dorit wears head-to-toe Balenciaga, there is at least a look there. There is someone else involved. This instead is like, what Cheshire reminds me of is if you gave a 16-year-old girl who spends her day on Instagram a million pounds and told her to buy a wardrobe and kid out her bedroom, that is Cheshire. You know what I mean? There isn't a longevity of the spend there. I just... (laughs) I can see I can see the person you mean I can see (laughs) I was was like don't laugh but it's funny (laughs) right money shouts wealth whispers and with Cheshire it's just like that and that's not what I go in for I kind of go in for the little things in the background you know what I mean like Ooh, that's an expensive urn to have a mother's ashes in. Like I like to go a little bit deeper. When I'm just looking at grey sofas and things that are brand new with no essence or style, I'm not the inspired. Grey sofas. I, the grey sofas, I, they're the bane of my Instagram life. I can't stand them. But I, so Cheshire is the one I've really not dipped into, but I always say Melbourne, New York, Atlanta are like the holy trinity for me. They're just... Melbourne. Melbourne is iconic because it isn't... It is, they do kind of fight in a different way because it's, but it's also for me as an Irish person, I don't really have much of a culture, like knowledge of Australia other than the soaps and like iconic Australian pop queens, Kylie, Johnny Minogue, whatever. But like <laughs> Melbourne, they've kept enough of the housewisiness, particularly when the show rolls on and you can see that some of the women have relationships outside the show and that they do chat when they're not filming and how that starts yeah. to play out and how Gina Viano, who's kind of the Bethany slash Nini of Melbourne, how she kind of rules the roost. Melbourne is like, to me, so good. Like it just, I pay, it's just bonkers. And it's that mix of like, it's a big camp. They're kind of crazy and mean. They swear like sailors. It's yeah. just amazing. 
it's like you know the way you see something I always think like you've got like a really nice coat and it looks stunning on you and then one of your friends puts it on and you're like oh my fucking god I didn't think this could look any better she looks amazing it's like Melbourne put on Bravo's coat and like just styled it differently so it's still the same coat it's still the same structure but they've just basically I don't know they've like rhinestoned it or something do you know what I mean like as you say it's so camp like I shriek like I cackle watching it, which I don't really do with other ones. You yeah, know, they're yeah. Are <laughs> and whoever is editing it, like they need awards. Like it's yeah. edited so well. And also, there's a thing if anyone hasn't seen Melbourne, kind of the main player is this lady Gina Liana, who's a barrister, but who's and I I say this with love, but she's never not in full drag makeup. Like she's always like, and they they do this thing with the reunions where. The, which you see on some of the American ones, they arrive out of makeup and they go, oh, good morning, yeah, hi. Um, Gina is never not, like, literally they have filmed hours and hours of show, you never see Gina in anything less than the full beat, the hair, sh- like, strong yeah. back, she wears heels to play tennis, like, there's just, it's funny, I think the, I know a lot of the American, there's a lot of, like, cult fans of it in the US, and I think if Bravo got behind it in America, it will be massive, because it's just, huge. I know they aired it, but I don't think they kind of really, like, I don't think they knew how to sell Australian reality TV then. So I know now so people watch. Yeah. It's but it's. Deeper, I think, you know. True. I, I think as well, like, as an Irish woman, right, who, when I first moved out of Ireland, like, I would have gone to the shop with the clutch bag that was glittery. You know what I mean? Like, I would always have my makeup on. My mom would always be very, you must have your hair done now and all this. And it was only like, especially <laughs> in London, like, you're not always done up. You know what I mean? And that's why with Melgren and Gina, especially, I love it because it reminds me of like that old school Irishness of I would not be seen, you know, yes. with that. And like Gina's always on unless she's officially off and in her house and no one's around. And I love that, you know, yeah, like it's fascinating. Because on like a lot of the American ones, they're not afraid. Like they want you to see them without makeup or when they're sad. Like whereas Gina, it's like the armor is always on. It's it's mental. And she's so covered in product and tan that one scene it, when she got ready in one of the housewives' bathrooms, she destroyed all the towels and fake tan. Like she's that. She like she was me when I was nineteen. You know what I mean? Like, I, she left like orange everywhere. You know. I remember she's, that. Yeah. I, I didn't mind to make a mess. I was just getting ready. I was just trying to. <laughs> I didn't do anything. She's so so funny. Like, but they're just a huge. I did think though that Sydney took it to a level yeah. of harshness and meanness that sometimes I was uncomfortable watching. You know, when they undid the girl's designer stunning netted cape and threw it into the sea? Well, like, ex, God lover. She was I being know, bullied, yeah. Being so bullied for being different and quirky. And they did kind of like slag her off her Greekness as well. So Melbourne did it perfectly. Sydney tried to take over Melbourne's cattiness, and I think they went a bit too far. Yeah, Sydney. If you, it's a Sydney is an interesting one season wonder because they come in so hot. They come in like they're on episode four, of season five. Like they've all known each other for ten years, and it's too much because they start at a hundred, and then when they dial it back, you're like, okay, it's boring, and then they just ramp it up again. Apparently, they wouldn't air it in America because <laughs> Bravo suits were like, this is too intense. Like they're just screaming at each other. <laughs> And I think I think then there was like a budget thing in Australia where the network that makes them, they don't have them all running concurrently. And they were kind of like, well, we need either Melbourne or Sydney and Melbourne is more palatable. So that's why we only got one Sydney, even though 
I was hooked on Sydney because it was so crazy. I remember thinking this would never sustain itself. It needs the build. Like that first yeah. episode, they were throwing someone's cape in the sea. A woman called Athena X up in her cape thrown in the water. I was like, guys, that's a season finale. <laughs> like, what are you that, doing? That is a clip that we need to be stri- like just drip fed through the season. You know, they suddenly just yeah. show things like hair pull or the you know something being flung. For I wasn't ready for it first episode. I was just like, whoa. What are the kind of fashion things you live for on the shows? And I don't even mean stuff that you would wear or you like, just stuff that you're fascinated by fashion and design-wise, because I know that's something you're obviously interested in. Every season, I can like literally, if I was in a coma and I woke up and they wanted to jog my memory through the, through my life, they would just need to show me like clippings from different seasons of Housewives and I would remember Sky Tops, that was summer 2006 to summer 2008. Like I can, you can tell, a brown knee-high boot with a chunky wedge that went thinner at the bottom and not as thick like they flare out now. I know that that would be like probably 2011 New York. You know, like it's like it's like a fashion like history through all of the seasons. Like and you almost forget like there's the statement necklaces. Like there's even like an account on Instagram that just puts up statement necklaces from Real Housewives. Then you have like the finale dresses, the fight dresses. Like Kyle Richards has the still has the dress that her and Kim shouted in the limo. You stole my grand house where you're an alcoholic. She still has that dress and she can't even look at it. And it just goes to show like some of the looks are so iconic. Like I do think it did get a bit, like I enjoy all the looks in Beverly Hills, but like it started to get a bit almost too, um, and I will get dragged for this, but it gets too obvious sometimes when it comes to Erica because we expect a look from her. Yes. You know what I mean? But then again, I'm not complaining because I'm glad that our standards and our taste level is at that level as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad, we're not, I'm glad we're not shocked by her looks because our taste is kind of getting better and better. Yes. But I do think like there are just so many moments like Luana always wearing purple because she thinks that it's royal. Ramona blue, you know, like Bethany always in a shift. And then as soon as she becomes a millionaire, you see that she goes from like that kind of Michael Kors up to Tom Ford, you know, and you can tell as they get more famous what they're wearing carol apparently rumored to always have a rail of clothing of her own clothing nothing ever gifted or sponsored outside every room that she films in what so so hang on that's the rumor of car so the rumor is that carol radzeville who i low-key miss in new york which i know is a popular thing to say i I miss miss carol i miss carol r.i.p girl um (laughs) so she had her own rail of her own stuff outside every scene so she could swap out that's what ramona flung at her in one episode because i've watched most episodes of new york and beverly hills like over four times you know what i mean oh my god four times well like last like the last season that's gone i've watched almost all of them like three times each because it's always like i spend a lot of time alone at work right like scrub a floor or do some painting i'll watch a season in a day even if i'm there for like 12 hours you know what i mean I'm oh, like, of course yeah it's not like someone to have a playlist on you're like put on housewives yeah. i see wow a lot of times as well like if i'm doing like freelance bits and stuff like that like drawings if i have it on so like i remember i think it was ramona said like oh like whatever with you like you've got that rail outside every room and then of course i was like oh and then down a rabbit hole on the internet being like yes. what rail do you have pictures what are they who's your favorite designer so I do love it. Like Aviva Drescher as well is another person who like, she's just the stereotypical like New York woman. She's always in a pair of Manolos. Like I tracked down the shoe that was attached to the fake leg that got thrown across the room. Like that's how oh I get much like, the details. You know, I'm like, amazed you, know, you don't have a separate Instagram for this. You could be so American Instagram famous. I don't know. I like, I'd love to do it, but like, 
I'd probably get fired from my job because I'd, I'd lose all my time overworking. <laughs> They'd be like, we need that. I'm busy. <laughs> it's like today, you're on a work call with me. <laughs> I'm making a mood board, you know what I mean? Like, I, do, like, I think I would love to do one of the different view, like I like a point of view on Housewives of, of the details in the background because a lot of times what they do, you know, when you're sitting down and doing your stills for the cameras, like the talking heads bits, yeah. they usually position a lot of stuff around them. So you can't truly judge a housewife's home based on her backdrop of the kind of cameo bits because they're staged for production for yes. things that don't move in the background, like, you know, like that color and space. And some of them are green screen as well, sadly, which I never like. I much prefer when you see, because I think they use, apparently used to use hotels as well, with either a home or a hotel behind them. I always just think it looks like a fuller image. Like sometimes now I'm like, that's clearly a backdrop. It looks so... Yeah. It, home but they so recently what they had to do when they changed screen sizes they had to make it the make it their own background but it was also because remember like a lot of them moved mid-season yes and they, they they couldn't use the settings they'd have to use the green screen mm-hmm. but like then like poor brandy glanville was having to do hers in a hotel because her her house wasn't grand enough for them when yeah. she was doing hers and you can see everything staged but i think like um i just love like like for example, Gretchen Rossi when in OC, when she's like doing anything in her home, I get just a nervous chill. She's a hoarder. So she is just, things are hanging everywhere. She just is, it's just like, I actually just, I get nervous watching hers. You know what I mean? And then like um, Shannon Bedore has an exquisite home. Okay. Stunning. Interesting. You're so, you... Her taste level, she's an wow. asshole, but her taste level is fantastic. She's got a really good eye. She goes, you can tell, for quality over brand names or anything like that. Like she goes for, she comes from really, really wealthy family. So she obviously wore high quality growing up. So she's got a great eye for like texture, quality, luxury. She's stunning at it. Tamara Judge, awful. (laughs) I have to ask, because I did want to go into the homes thing as well. I've always in particular found the Jersey homes really rotten. Where are you on the Jersey homes? And I'm not a, an interiors person per se, but I just always go, it's just vile. What are your thoughts? So this is how I think the Jersey homes work. <laughs> Two of the Jersey main housewives, um, their husbands are property developers. So when I say property developer, I mean, they are mainly on the building side, not the design or architecture side. They are the men that are brought in to take the property from bricks and build it right up. So in Jersey, there's a big thing about wearing your wealth, right? So total opposite to New York, like London's not like that really well, unless you're in West London. It's their thing is like, you have to show people driving by how wealthy you are, right? And it's like the men don't have an education in quality and things that cost a lot, but they're used to having rich customers who say, I want pillars, I want this, I want that. And it's like, their homes to me look like Joe and Joe, the two Joes, at the end of a job, overstocks. So let's say there was 10 pillars for the price of eight. They took those 10 pillars and started stacking all the extras up and then just threw them at their own homes because they have pillars that don't hold anything up. They They have furniture that has been custom built to not even fit the walls properly. Like it's so over the top like they've got balconies in their living rooms because they associate that with luxury and quality but it's stuff their design makes no sense and has no function it's like someone said mansions have x y and z 
but it's because they're the original features of a man mansion or a big house back in the 1800s or like early 1900s. And instead they've just taken the checklist and put it into a new build in the middle of New Jersey. It's crazy. Like it's crazy. Nothing, the function isn't there. It's a lot like when you see a lot of like big influencers homes as well, you're kind of like, what? You know, like, and they're yeah. like, I love my home to look like a hotel. And you're like, but hotels aren't designed for living in, you know? No, like, a hotel, you're there for a few days max. It's not lived in at all. Yeah. Exactly. So each thing is designed to help you go to bed in a hotel. So like, you're, that would just make you lazier if you made your home like a hotel, in my opinion. I've always been kind of fascinated by Lisa Rinna's house because it's a bit run down and lived in, but I also feel like at least it looks like she lives there. So I'm just... Beverly Hills houses, where are you on all that? So Lisa Rinna's, like, gimme, 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 but gimme with the renovation budget. A she, renovation. A renovation. <laughs> That's a show. Make a fortune. Let's sell it. Let's yeah. sell it to Netflix. We're done. Perfect. Rinna lives in a part of LA that is so expensive, so private. They were famous before Housewives, right? You know, like, Harry Hamlin was famous before then. She was quite well known. She, again, is that kind of old money LA. There is so many trees and greenery around her house for privacy. She lives off an amazing road. You can just slip down. It's perfect. It is built. She lives in an area of LA built for stars, right? Kyle Richards, on the other hand, lives in the middle of a motorway in a really busy area in like a McMansion. But also... People who live in those areas chop and change houses quite often. They don't stay in them for a long time. And if your husband is a real estate agent in America, he doesn't work for his local branch. He's an agent that actually has to make friends and be around all these people and live with the people he's selling the houses for. So that's why she will never slip off into privacy because a big agent being seen to think that he's above where he's selling is like a big no-no. Until um. he starts selling more expensive properties, then he'll move up into the hills where he's selling. But right now he stays like further down. And then you have like Lisa's Villa Rosa again, it's like a lot of it is decorated like her restaurants, which is fine. So she brings in her taste level. Like if I owned a restaurant, it would be like so tacky. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's what I'm into. But to the point where her fixtures and fittings look like, literally look like a restaurant. She has glass yes. doors. Her stainless steel kitchen, not in an industrial way. I think all of those kind of things, you kind of start to realize that like she maybe she spends so much time in restaurants or she gets a two for one offer that she kind of kicks her house out like that as well. You know, even the walk up to it is like walking into a hotel. Like her yeah. front, front door is see-through. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't that. Her front door is completely completely see-through. And they don't, I've like looked it up on aerial shot on Google Maps. Like they don't have a little security hut at the top of their gate like a lot of other ones do. Oh so my you know God. what I mean? But they'll have like hooked up security. And when we're on the topic of homes in Beverly Hills, I've always kind of been fascinated by Erica's gaff. But the house having a chapel and I really just, she's, Erica is funny because sometimes her social media is boring and crap. And then sometimes she'll go through phases of like, Tiago, let's go for a walk. And she's let the dog running around the gaff and you get to see kind of what parts of the house she uses. And it's yeah. clear that she spends a lot of time in that fucking 
apartment studio, Pretty Mess Clubhouse, which there have been rumors that's where she really lives, which I don't believe because it doesn't look like an apartment. It does look like a studio, like a yeah. workspace. That it's not um it's not a residential area and you can't live in there anyway. That's what he said. So apparently even if she wanted to live in there, she can't. It's yeah, not. it looks like she could crash on the couch if she was there late one night, but it doesn't look like she lives there. But yeah. I'm so curious what you think of her place because it's so grand and like luxurious, but I get the vibe that she doesn't need, like her and Tom were in different wings and then her fucking son lives there and we never see him. So I'm so curious what you think of Casa de Erica. So my thoughts on if you are spending <laughs> an old man's money, you've got to spend the money like an old man would spend it. Oh. If, I mean, <laughs> like, the tea, right? Literally. So like she's taking the cash out of his wallet. She can't exactly make it, you know, something that he wouldn't be comfortable in. Like yeah. their wealth, in a way, is all down until like I think she's fabulous. But like when she's making the home for him, he married her, you know, not as somebody who had a career, and she was his kind of like homemaker for want of a better word. So she was obviously going to create the home that he wanted because she's spending his money. That's how I see it. You know, she's also a southern woman, and southern women are really into that like homely, plush you know, luxurious, like I think, so she has decorated the house in a way that would please the person that was paid, like just like I would for like a client, you know what I mean? Like yes. Tom, almost like she's kind of spending his money to do it. But also I think her Southern roots are what she really would have tapped into because a lot of houses in the South are like that. Like if you even look at kind of like Atlanta houses as well, like, you know, like Nini and Erica don't live miles apart in the taste level of their houses as well, you know? Yeah, Erica and Tom's relationship is one of my, like it's a it's the great white whale for me in houses because I'm just like so fascinated by it because sometimes you're like I get it they're in love and sometimes I'm like she talks to this guy like he's the old man across from her in like a fucking restaurant in the middle of the day when you're having lunch on your own I'm like have you ever spoken to this man like their <laughs> dynamic is bizarre I do think yeah their relationship has that weird dynamic and I do think she has she definitely see the thing is sometimes you can debate whether people get into relationships truly for love but no matter what, even if it's a cellmate, if you spend a long time with a person, you can have a bond and a growth and a love that cannot be compared to. So I feel like she has experienced whatever, about 20 years or 15 years of life with him. Yeah. That you cannot take away. Mm-hmm. And we, we, whatever way they function and it works for them and it's lasted this long, even if, which she, I doubt she did, but even if she hated him in the beginning, and was only in it for the money, you could see that they would still have this, by now she would have developed a love. Cause it is, it's just a, a charm that you get with somebody, like I say, like even a cellmate or like a colleague. A cellmate. <laughs> but it's it over time, you know, you'll have memories. Like, Remember that time you <laughs> each other. And um, I just think like, she, so you can see a fondness. It's only when I see pictures of them, when he wasn't as old. Yes. She was, like glam. And they they were kind of in their normal times before Housewives that I really can see that they've they've had a, an amazing relationship before this all came out and it looked inverted commas weirder you know yeah. like you would automatically assume gold digger but I do think there is a genuine bond love I think you can see how protective he is over her but you can see that he is the boss and what he says goes. What are your thoughts on Beverly Hills and having just wrapped season ten and all the Denise Brandy stuff like where are you with that because it's. It's been like a really highly rated season in the US, but the vibe from fans is very much like, change it up, this is boring. They dragged out one storyline all year. Like, it's in such a funny spot, I think. 
I think last season, right, I watched last season disgusted, scalded, shocked, traumatised, came out of it thinking, why have they done this to me? Worst season I've ever watched of any Real Housewives. I lost kind of faith in Beverly Hills there. It was kind of like going on a few really great dates with somebody and then going on a date and they've got no chat and then you realise that like, that's what I felt like I was being let down that yes. season. Yes. So I rewatched it for the first time recently. I just said, you know, I have to go back in. And for me, Beverly Hills is like, was a runner that broke its leg for last season. And now it's trying to start running again, but it can't run as quickly. But I think it'll get there. That's oh. what I think. Like, I think okay. it's a bit injured. I do think like having Garcelle on board, she's like really spiced things up in a way that like, I think she's way more honest. She's been in the public eye before. So again, you get someone who's used to being famous. She knows what not to say but she still can shock she's honest she's got amazing looks i think keep her dorit i'm just getting more and more fond of all the time mm, like it's it, weird isn't it i used to think oh my just be like hey kai and yeah. now i'm with Jagger, our mommy's going to put gucci ice cubes in her drink and now i'm like oh dorit you're so stupid so fun i actually do like her now i on us like that's what i like what she does she took mm. all the bad criticism of her and camped it up that's what I find hilarious, you know. She seemed a bit like a wannabe Erica for a while. But I think, like, with Denise, like, I feel, I felt so bad for Denise. I think Denise was play, plays a different sport to the other women, almost, when it comes to her public life. And yeah. I don't think she's allowed to play this sport. And I think they went hard at her, you know. I think, like, she knows how to play it from the point of view of, like, being able to control it a bit more and it coming out through a magazine. And the opinions being the readers and the journal, that's it. Whereas now you've got all these women coming up with assumptions. I th- I just feel bad for it. I also think when any woman is berated for anything she has done in a bedroom, or maybe not in a bedroom, maybe in the back of a car, who cares? You know maybe on I mean? a film set in Montauk somewhere. <laughs> I think whatever, like we cannot be in the day and the age where women's, what they're doing, or men, or anyone's sexual you know, experiences become fodder for tearing them down. So I think like wheeling out Brandy, you know, like Brandy was in that car mic'd up before she came into Kyle's. Yeah. Her face was beaten for the back of that room. <laughs> Kim was wheeled in, you know what I mean? They came to deliver that tea. It was totally like pre-organized. Like it was all like, discuss it wasn't just organized when she just said oh just pop in it wasn't like oh it was all premeditated and like I just think you know my the, the did she or didn't she sleep with Brandy is lost on me when how they handled it afterwards is just so bad yeah it's like you know on some level Denise is not giving you the full picture or whatever even if it's just she's kind of snogged Brandy a few times and doesn't even want to yeah. say that. But also the women ran with it in such a way where you were like, I don't really have a dog in this fight because you're both kind of wrong in a way now. Yeah. I did, I did, speaking of Dorit, I did love that Dorit had the stones to sit beside Brandy and go, I, I believe Denise, I do. <laughs> I just, I was like, right. that, that so, makes me like you. <laughs> yeah. She's her own woman, isn't she? You know, I think she got such a battering and a slating that, she can actually hold her own because she's not people pleasing, you know. Um, New York without Dorinda, how do you did you did you like this New York season and how do you think it'll fare without our girl Dorinda? I think Dorinda would be back. I think she was right in the reunion when she said she shouldn't have done this season. Like it was a really vulnerable state of mind that she was in. Would be sad to see Dorinda go. Happy for Dorinda as a person to go and heal and come back as her best, because that's on TV now forever. That's recorded forever. Yeah. 
And when she flipped at the orchard or wherever, like was it was an orchard or whatever they were at, when she started saying things to Tinsley and her, the way Tinsley triggers her is something she really needs to work on. Says she gets so annoyed that Tinsley is married to a rich man or marrying into money. And Dorinda had no problem when she was marrying into money. And she has no problem with Sonia admitting that she was married into money. She's really turning on Tinsley and there is a trigger in there somewhere. And it's yeah. maybe that Tinsley will get her happy ever after. And Dorinda was once that, you know, bright eyed girl who thought they were sailing into the sunset and then her husband passed away. So it's not Tinsley triggering her, it's something else. And I think she just needs to work on that because it was coming out really nasty. Yeah. It's really hard to watch that. It was hard to watch because it was mean and also hard to watch because you were like, you're not just some arsehole saying this, you are hurt and you're, we know you're actually not a bad person. So like, we don't want you in this constant yeah. nasty space because we are rooting for you at the back of it. So as you say, I do think were she to work on herself, she could come back and be kind of a, a point of view character because I think Housewives always needs a point of view, quote unquote, normal character, which is why Leah was great this year. Leah was more grounded and a bit younger and said, wait a minute. I think with the point of view person, they have to have a really good sense of humor and be very cutting. The point of view person that kind of sits there and says, if it was you or me going out into this, this is what you'd be thinking. I'm really curious because you've actually mentioned there that you've lived, like you've lived in it. So you've lived in the US, did you say? Or no? I was there for a summer. Okay. And I Google at the time I had to chat in all the housewives' houses. And I walked around. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was just, uh, was it a work thing or did you feel the uh, need? <laughs> and I wrote them all down on a piece of paper. I only just gotten my first smartphone. So I didn't know really what a map was or how to use one. And I wrote out all the routes. I actually should have kept it. And I spent a day walking around all of them. Sonia lives, like her house is stuck onto a dirty old car park. Like, and I just what? found most of their houses and went outside and just stared at them and just like, oh my God. So I was going to ask you then if you've ever had a real housewives run in, come close to a housewife and gone, oh my God, I'm, I'm with them now. No, like the only one I've ever kind of like kikied within DM was um, Elise. She like, she like will kiki on a DM, no problem. She's like super friendly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and she was like, oh, it's me and Leah are in the Hamptons right now. Like, how are you getting on? Like, she's like, super. Like, and I was like, oh my God, don't speak to strangers like this. I almost wanted to say it to her. Like, I love that you're speaking to me, but don't Yes, speak to me. like <laughs> the savviness. You were like, now, sis, I wouldn't say this to just everybody in the DMs. Like, I literally was like, oh, girl. But um, so, no, I had like all the clothes I promised. And when we were in LA, like, we sat next to PK. Um, and then we, we used to go to like pump and all that a lot. Horrific dives dives you know a bar in an airport that's what LA bars are like they're like airport bars you know what I mean okay yeah new builds on one level and it's just like an airport bar with loads of flowers but no didn't haven't really like met any like haven't properly you know what I mean like I just I was gonna get like um a cameo for Joe for his birthday from Lisa Rinna or somewhere like that just to like give out to him for his birthday I'd love a real high side to like I don't know like talk shit to me for like a cameo or something (laughs) like put down there's such a look of joy in your face and say you're like, I just love one of them to be mean to me. <laughs> Is there one that you'd want to run into? Is there one that you'd be like, hey, sis? <laughs> oh my God. I feel like you'd want to run into Lisa Fanfam just for the picture because like she's so iconic that even people who don't know her know, know housewives know yes, her. They almost know her silhouette at this point. Exactly. And like the little like platform clip clop. I... Like, you'd love to run into Bethany, but I just don't think she'd have any time for you. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I would feel like I wouldn't want to waste Bethany's time pumping into me. <laughs> 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 that is so I true. 
never meet your hero is not going to be. I think Lisa Rinna would be a screen. Like when we went to Whole Foods in LA, we bumped into her son, her daughter's boyfriend who was living with her at the time. And I was just like, hey, amazing. And he was like, she's such good fun to like live with. Like she's fab. EL, that was on. Oh, the Love Island guy. Yeah. One of those bits. Yeah. And yeah. um, he's going out with one of her daughters and he was just yes. on like a random scooter outside. So I just like marched straight up to be like, oh my God, like I know you're on that. He, he I, he's been in a friend of mine's pictures on Instagram so I kind of said the friend's name like oh my oh. god I don't know and he was like oh yeah and then I was like that aside oh my god so Rinna I thought what she like what she like and he was like oh my god she's so nice so fab I'm trying to think in LA we saw a lot of different bits with housewives but I can't remember all of them there was like there was loads of that because they are just walking around like you know yeah. well driving around because it's LA you can't say anything you know and then if you're smiling across at them like I was going to smile at PK and be like you know thinking he's English you know like <laughs> they owe us something you should and, go to, <laughs> 800 years of oppression i think i'll ask for a selfie <laughs> you stole my language listen i want to <laughs> but he, was, he looked a lot older in real life him and all of his friends looked the exact same and were all wearing black suits because they all had that kind of like mancunian long hair you know like the kind of, and it was all like a lot of cigarettes speaking of run-ins it let's say tomorrow you're having a housewife's dinner party and you can invite five real housewives and I'll allow friends of and maybe like husbands if you want to go there five people from the shows come to your gaff for a bit of grub and I feel like you're good at entertaining as is so it'll be a good list okay so Jules Weinstein 100% but she's not allowed to put any cutlery in any of the food she's not allowed to touch the food okay, she's okay. I want her to come because I want to see what she's going to wear she had incredible taste, right? Okay. But she was arrested recently. I think she might be in jail because she got a baseball bat and hit the husband's car with the kids. There's in the been back. some uh, pretty tough stuff for her post show, yes. But we're talking about housewives era, pretty problematic. Jules Weinstein, one hundred percent, right? I think it's Weinstein because Weinstein is a, is a <laughs> is another name. <laughs> Jules Weinstein. <laughs> Thing. oh my god <laughs> no i think it's it's an easy i'd say she gets it all the time because they sound very similar so so i think bethany i just think would be too busy there wouldn't be enough in it for her like she wouldn't even go to luann's wedding without getting paid to do the bar do you know what i mean so like right. an paid appearance i love bethany but i just don't think i'd bother her not for dinner so, okay <laughs> not for dinner so adrian maloof i just want to know what it was like going out with that 23 year old do you know what oh, i mean yeah i forgot about that and I want to hear those sh- big shoes clip clop through my flat and the bathroom. <laughs> like I want someone to come in and pair bell bottoms, you know. Like just, I just want it. I just, you know, like I just give it to you. The Maloof hoof in real life. <laughs> um, who else is on the? Who else I just really, really like? I guess Bronwyn would be amazing because yeah. she just such good chat. Like she'd be really, really good. The on three there. These are really good names, and not what I expected at all. Really? Just in general. I feel like if you ask people in general, you wouldn't get these names, which is good. I'm like, I'm excited to see who says who when I ask them. Eileen would have to come. Yeah, I love Eileen. I love Eileen. She'd help you clear off the table. She'd have great manners. Like she'd be the one who would say, oh my God, you put so much effort into this. Thank you. You know what I mean? She'd appreciate it. At a dinner party, you always have to have that in mind because sometimes people only bring entertaining people to the table and they will make you feel like you're working. Always have like polite guests as well. And then I'd have to have Sutton. Sutton from Beverly Hills. Why? That's interesting. She's a new newer addition. She'd bring me a gift because she's Southern. So she's not going to bring me a Joe Malone candle, is she? No fucking way. 
she's going to bring me something absolutely stunning, right? So I got you on. this. It's a, a customized handbag from Fendi. I hope it's okay. And you'd be like, oh, I, I, yeah, I just had one of these in the store and I monogrammed your name all over it. Like <laughs> it'd be something insane. And got it signed by the designer. You yeah. know what I mean? And then she'd say like, and then she'd either do that polite thing and she'd say, oh, don't open it in front of me. Open it later knowing that that's what I really want to do. I want to sit in my bed. I want to unbox slowly. I want to touch yes. the paper. You can't that when you open a present in front of somebody. Like, yeah. I don't like, anyway. So she'd come, and also I think she'd be really interesting. Like, yeah, you know, she's you, a kook. She is. Yeah. What did you do five years ago? She'd have a story. You know what I mean? Anyway, so th that's who they'd be. And, like, I just think that, that it's, like, a diverse enough table, I think, um, and none of them are really good friends with each other, so it would be perfect. Oh, because they have to, Yeah. You have people who are really good friends at the dinner. You take off usually from today. Whereas when you have people that don't know each other, people will ask questions like, when did you marry? You know what I mean? It was like, mm -hmm. when did you do this? Oh, oh, you worked there. Oh, you did this. And I love that kind of a thing when strangers are talking. And that's what would be great. I'm curious as well that there are so many tropes in Housewives, whether it be what they order, the packing, like the fake apology of like, I'm sorry, you feel that way. Are there any housewives tropes that you love or that you just like are obsessed with? What are your favorite ones? I love the packing for trips. So there's only, there's certain bits that I stop, start with. So like I will stop, I screenshot if I want to absorb it later or I'll just <laughs> stop every two seconds to see it. So one of them is packing. You've ever watched Heather Dubrow pack a suitcase, paper, everything. Like she's like, top class of packing and you get to see inside their wardrobes so nice. anytime i can see any any kind of if it's not the kitchen in the living room which i kind of normally see anyway i absolutely love it i also really like when there's anything to do with food that's within their own homes so like kyle you, you'll only ever see kyle in the whole 10 years eat something that's not soup maybe four or five times because remember she only drank warmed up v8 juice for like five years and v8 it's like a tomato juice or something like that. And I do find that really interesting because then Bravo did IGTV of their fridges. I all, if they open a fridge, I stop straight away, click space bar, and I'm staring at that fridge. Like I love the bits, you know? Like so you just like, so you like the nosiness because I'm the same of just what the, because I have often said to even to people who don't watch the shows that it's kind of like high-end people watching. Like if Cowboys is like that, you're getting to watch how they obviously interact with them when they're potting around their home even if it's for show for us, that is fascinating to me. I'm like, where did you put that cup down? And then what I used to do as well with um, New York, actually, it's still in my notes somewhere. So now, and this is like a bit embarrassing. I started doing it for LA as well once I knew I was going. Every time they go somewhere, I make a list of where it was so that then I can go there. So, but it's mainly whenever they go north, because a lot of times when they go to Midtown and things like that, they're going to places that have ended up closing. So whenever they say, you know, when it comes up a little thing along the end. Yes, like the that, name of the restaurant or whatever. A restaurant. I press stop. I Google it to see if it's still open, if I'm back watching. And then if it's, sti if it's still there, I put it into notes. So whenever, like if I ever get to go to New York again, I'll get to go to one of the restaurants. Because that's what I want to do. Because my friend is like that's living out there it's like i want to do an evening where we go to like the place where a view addresses through the leg yes like, like a tour you know the restaurant where dorinda's like clip yeah clip. the italian you know, restaurant all the pasta there you know what i mean like i'd love to do like just a weekend of like all the iconic places i go for like a martini at whatever place i want to sit at the bar where ramona was like i just want to find love i know what you mean it is fun to try and kind of think have I what buy that? Would I go there? Or sometimes yeah. you're like that actually just looks some of the places they go look 
fell. But sometimes you go, oh, that actually looks like a fun Italian restaurant. Like if we go, if we are ever in New York at the same time, right? If we go to the Russian Baths, yes, whatever that, yeah, the steam room place. Go there, right? Steam for the day, have a stunning time, and then let's head up to Queens for a bowl of pasta afterwards. Also, yes, and also I actually would really like to go to the place Dorinda had her birthday where they do the vodkas because I was like, that looks like the kind of place you could get so fucking wasted in and have one of those mad nights where you talk to like a 75-year-old accordion player for an hour and go, you're great, like just mad. It felt like mad shit happens there. I They've been going to better places now. I think now whenever a housewife becomes single, watch where she goes. Look where right. Ramona goes now. Less yeah. sit down, more spaces where she can walk around, you know, all that kind oh, of way. Even like, when they went away on that kind of mini trip and they were all sitting for dinner and Ramon went over to the bar and talked to that guy who was married. I feel like she goes to places where she can have like a little catwalk so she can walk up and down and go, hey guys, any single men here? She does not want to be in a restaurant where you sit and you stay. She wants a bar atmosphere in the restaurant. She definitely does. A catwalk is a perfect or a cougar walk. Is I was going to call it a hoe stroll, but that's probably a bit unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with love. So that you're, that's your favorite housewives tropes. It will, I will be remiss to ask any proper housewives fan, like not ask them this question, but if you get the call tomorrow, you're going to be on a real housewives show and they say, all right, Laura, we need a tagline. What is it going to be? Oh my God. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> For those who, oh, she, for those at home, Laura just. Also, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Versace dressing gown because I don't think I could live my realness of housewives without pretending I was one today. Laura is in her Versace dressing gown, which when she turned away from me slightly to prepare her twirl, I can actually see the embossed uh, lettering on it. So I can, I'm getting the full Versace effect. Okay. And three, two, one. I may have written a bestseller, but I'll read you to Phil. Oh, that, like, that is pretty, that's pretty good. I also like that you gave yourself the... I should have actually had it pre-recorded on my phone. That would have just been so good. Maybe you put the music over. I'm going to underlay some, uh, some, some music to spice that up. Before we wrap, what is something Housewives related that you're looking forward to either a new season or maybe a season or an episode you're going to go and rewatch because we've learned today that you rewatch a lot so what's your next housewives thing that you're looking forward to well i'm taking like an evening off this week where because i always think like every couple of weeks when it's a bit mad i have to take some time off just to kind of like just chill and i was going to watch the season end of season two of real houses of new york like the last kind of few episodes there or I'm going to go into Beverly Hills, the three reunions where Lisa Rinna gets the bunny back from Kim. There are kind of things I can just switch off to, but like kind of like Cam, you know what I mean? Like That's your ASMR. So probably- because <laughs> I, I think anything new that's coming up, I'm still a bit like, mm, is it because they've, they've faulted a little bit recently. So like I'm going back into like kind of like historical ones. So like, yeah, I think I'll probably do like, touching on here and there of um, Beverly Hills or New York because they're just so good you know but now that we've spoken about Gina I might just start re-watching Melbourne again and before we go for people who are maybe who haven't had the joy of reading Gaff Goddess yet or don't follow you on Instagram where can they follow you what can they expect and um, so on everything I think it's Laura DeBarra that's how crap I am with social media but so um Instagram is mainly I just put up a lot of tips from when I'm at work 
Um, Twitter I only have because I probably have to have it for when I launch a book or whatever. So I'm not very good on Twitter. But Instagram is where it's all kind of at. There's bits of how to take care of your home and DIY, but then also like housewives. So I like to do some fashion bits. Like, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Nothing serious. And I don't sell anything. Uh, Laura, thank you for being the first interview on the podcast. I'm shook, gooped and guys that we got to have such a gossip about housewives today. I am honoured. You got to be the first paying <laughs> subscriber. I got that's a great point and there you go that is Laura DeBarra I did kind of like the ending of that is a little bit abrupt someone uh, aka me was learning how to record on zoom properly but I had so much fun talking to Laura and I hope you enjoyed uh, hearing her housewives hot takes because as we mentioned there she talks about that stuff on her Instagram page as well so it was fun to get to expand on some of the stuff that I've seen Laura talk about in the past. You can follow Laura, as we mentioned, at Laura DeBauer. Her book is called Gaff Goddess. You should definitely check it out. It is genuinely so useful. Um, I was actually sent a copy before I knew her. Just the the publishing company just sent me a few books. And I'm like, here's Gaff Goddess. And I was like, okay, let me have a look at this. And I've genuinely used it for so much house stuff. So definitely something worth checking out, especially if you're in lockdown or whatever, you're more at home because we are, I think, picking up on stuff we need to fix in our homes and stuff as well. Next week, I'm chatting to the amazing Vicky Nataro about her housewife journey. She has had quite the 2020 when it comes to uh, diving headfirst into all things Real Housewives. We'll talk to her about where she is with it. And I think it's a fun one if you're one of the kind of newbies because of Netflix and stuff this year. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. We are on social media. It's Housewives and me, just like the podcast name. Thank you to everybody who's already gotten in touch and followed on social media. It makes such a difference from getting the word out. Speaking of getting the word out, if you could give us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps so much with algorithms and helping people find us and all that stuff. And here's a challenge for you as well. If you leave a review for the podcast and Apple Podcasts, tell me what your housewife's tagline is and I'll read out some of my favorites in coming episodes of the show as well. So until next week, thank you so, so much for your support, for listening to this first episode, for giving me the time of day in such a busy world. I really appreciate it. This is Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.